Hello and welcome to episode 16 of the In and Around podcast. I am one of your hosts, Will Hunt, and joining me this week, like every week, is Dave Harris. Hello. And Mike Breslin. Hello. So what's the pod all about? Well, every week, three mates get together to discuss what's going on in the world of football. However, at the moment, not much is happening, thanks to the old coronavirus. So we're taking this opportunity to discuss some of our favourite and least favourite things in the history of football. In this episode... Um, we're not going to tackle one question. We're going to tackle a few little questions that we've um, we've had sent into the email. If you want to send us questions, please do by emailing us at inandaroundpod at gmail.com or alternatively send them to us on Twitter at inandaroundpod. Um, in terms of the question we're going to do first, gentlemen. Oh, anyway, how are you? You all right? Sorry, I forgot to ask. Dave, how are you doing? Yeah, good, thanks. Just... Started watching Sunderland until I die, so I missed football even more than usual actually this week. Well, right, I haven't seen this yet, um, but you two have. So, do you two want to quickly have a, a yeah. review of the first five episodes? So, oh, it's, so it's, it's come out today, <laughs> uh, and we've both already watched four episodes. Busy day at work for the two of you. Yeah, well, I both was of us were working. I then just decided hmm, could probably kill an hour. You yeah. could watch five episodes of Sutherland till I die. You are not busy. It was busy four, well. It was four, and I watched two on my lunch. They're yeah. short episodes. Yeah. That's my story. I'm sticking to it. <laughs> okay. Um, so. Very good, though. Worth a watch. Is it actually worth a watch? Or is it. No, honestly, it's really good. Because it's the first season's. Real, almost. Sorry. Like, like real people. First, the trailer makes it look like real people real situations whereas i found like when i watched the one on amazon prime with city i was like this feels a little bit pr-y this one this one's much better there's no pr i don't think it's just uncut if you will just you get whatever's going on it's yes. it's really good some of the fan stuff and the cuts of the ground are a bit grim but the actual in inside behind the scenes stuff is wicked what you get really good because yeah, you get the player side you get the management side but you also get the board side and the corporate side which lots from the board didn't get in the city documentary to be honest with amazon just just before we get started did you two actually see today and this is again totally off tangent do you see that bournemouth are not paying the people who are doing the accommodation for their youth team but Dave's yeah. mate eddie howe is uh taking a huge pay cut yeah he yeah. did take a huge pay cut but it's pretty outrageous that I mean, it's just outrageous that any of the Premier League clubs are using the, the furlough system anyway, to be honest. I'm not surprised Mike Ashley is. I just wanted yeah. to... Just I'm wanted surprised to... it's not forcing the workers to stack shelves in Sports Direct whilst they're <laughs> I wanted to just put it on record. That, uh, uh, Henry Winter, who can sometimes be a bit of a... A bit sanctimonious, and it feels yeah. like on Twitter. He's been like really banging the drum about how gross it feels that when only these football uh, clubs are using people on furlough, and I totally agree. Anyway, yeah. that's not what we're here to discuss. Um, what we're actually going to discuss is something that's probably far more contentious, actually. Um, we want to ask the question of who the most underrated Premier League player is of all time, and then we're going to ask who the most overrated Premier League player of all time is. Um, we'll start with who we think the most underrated Premier League player of all time is. Um, Mike, I'm going to give you first crack of the whip. Who would you like to nominate? Or okay. just discuss? Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, the, fir the first name I'll, I'll bring to the throw in the ring, uh, Gareth Barry. Mainly 
mainly because of his longevity. Um, he was just a good midfielder for his whole career, pretty much. Everywhere that he went. Um, obviously, the, the record appearance holder as well. So, that's that's a nice little it is, yeah. thing to have. Um, he's not the best player, but he probably was underrated, I'd say. Mm. So, in he... terms of... Oh, go, on. Oh, go on, Dave. He did actually also win a Pram. So, if people yeah, are questioning wild. if he actually... You know, won anything. Did win a Premier of City. So, if you want to know his his accolades, he's got an Intertoto Cup with Aston Villa in two thousand and one. He's got a Premier League in eleven twelve with City and an FA Cup with City, and he was also Everton's Player of the Season in fifteen sixteen. So, there How you are. Those are his accolades. Like forty five. <laughs> <laughs> he's a, what's quite interesting about Gareth Four. Barry is I was I ran into a debate the other day on Twitter about Chabi Alonso. And people say talking about Chabi Alonso's career and how people slate Rafa Benitez for letting him go and because and wanting to replace him with Gareth Barry. And then someone made the point that the two seasons prior, Gareth Barry was probably actually playing better football than Chabi Alonso. Yeah, which is pretty mad when you think of how good Chabi Alonso was. Yeah. So I, I can't thought... remember if that was right or not, but no, no. Be... I just thought the fact that multiple people having this debate was actually really interesting because when you think of these two players you obviously would never put them anywhere near each other but the fact that Benitez who although he's a fat Spanish waiter is a, <laughs> obviously a really talented manager wanted to replace one with the other it says quite a lot doesn't it it's definitely pretty interesting I, I'm happy to go on get on board with the, the Barry train bloody hell um, <laughs> so either, I mean, either of you boys want to chuck a name in here well I brought it up before when we did our Prem 15 top players Andy Cole I just well I think the fact that none of us really even thought of putting the third top scorer in the top 15 says quite a lot for itself and how underrated he is it's not I think it's also because with Andy Cole he sort of hit the ground running did really well at Newcastle did very well at Man United, but then for reasons perhaps off the pitch had to leave. Never really established himself for that long at other clubs, like is at Man City for a season or two. Same with Blackburn, even Fulham on a loan spell. I've possibly even Blues on a loan spell, actually. Yeah, Just sort of Blues. Never really settled at the end of his career, so I think some people forget about him because of that, but so many goals. One part of the treble winning team um, yeah I'd definitely put him forward yeah I'm I'm pretty happy with that considering we missed him like you said for the top 15 when he's what what is, is it the third top scorer all yeah. time yeah yeah and he also won five five prams mm. the guy just scored goals <laughs> yeah but and when we say underrated what do you think he should be properly rated as? Because I don't think anyone's sitting here going Andy Cole's a bad player or Andy Cole wasn't a brilliant striker. They're just saying, well, our point was he wasn't the absolute top, top tier, which I still don't think he is. So what, what are we saying would be the proper rating for him? Well, I don't think Barry's top, top tier either. No, no, but we're we're not arguing that... We're arguing that people forget that Gareth Barry was a very good player for a while. We're not yeah. With Andy Cole, I want to know what are we what are we arguing that he was underrated. Because I, I see him as a top striker, but not the top top, if you know what I mean. 
Yeah, I just think I just think people forget about him in general, which means he's underrated because he was actually really, really good. Yeah, but yeah, that... I mean, at the start of his career, from '93 2001, he played 265 prem games and scored 148 goals. It's a mad record. So that's one every two. Better than. Um, at Newcastle Man United also won the Golden Boot at Newcastle scoring 34 in 40 games which is ridiculous to be quite it's honest it's the record isn't it <laughs> I think it's yeah. the record yeah I, yeah, I think Premier for League. a time he was probably the best striker in the league yeah that's the thing yeah. but again but because forget. most people remember him as Blackburn and sort of bit, a bit player um, yeah I'd, I'd say you could argue he was a top, top striker, just not for his entire career. But I guess what I'm getting at is, are you, do you think he should be remembered in the absolute top, top tier of Premier League strikers with Henri, Aguero and Shearer? I Probably think not, you can make a case for him to be just underneath that pool. Yeah, but that's what the thing is. I don't think he's underrated because I think everybody thinks about him underneath that pool. I know when I did my fifteen, I thought, and when I sat down and tried to expand it, I was like, well, Andy Cole would be. Or before. Yeah, 20. but it's weird because if even if you think of Man United, you think Van Nistelrooy, Solskjaer, maybe Sheringham. I think of Andy Cole before any of them. Really? Yeah. Oh, I, 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 think, I think of Van Nistelrooy before. Yeah, Van Nistelrooy, Van Persie, Rooney, maybe yeah, even that, that's, that's a generational thing. Yeah, exactly. And I think you should what think... I mean is, I what I mean more is Andy Cole as a whole is probably rated properly by people that are around at that time. People in our generation don't really think of Andy Cole because we saw him as a player that was just in and around teams like Blackburn, Fulham, Man City, Portsmouth, which aren't at the top. Yeah, maybe it's more of a generational thing that he doesn't spring to our mind. Yeah. Maybe he is, yeah, like Dave says, rated by people of that time That's who would remember. That is an interesting point, because when we come to mine, um, and, oh, bloody hell. Still learning with Skype, lads. Um, <laughs> uh when we come to mine, I think it probably is. My one was like, if you ask any three of us, we're going to talk about him as one of the best centre halves we've seen, probably. But when you ask, when you ask uh, the Firmino flick or any of these bloody <laughs> in, yeah. uneducated, uneducated tosspots on Twitter, they're probably, they're probably going to say, oh, he wasn't that great. Um, bloody Joel Matip's better. I want to talk about Ricardo Carvalho for a second. That's what I want to talk about. Because Ricky C... God, what a player. I remember, I can't remember who it was, it said about Ricardo Carvalho, he always looks like he's out there on the pitch playing with um, a cigar and slippers on. Yeah, he's it just always felt so like he had so calm. much time. Yeah. So calm. He just, he, he was probably a brilliant reader of the game, more than you ever see. Yeah, that's exactly what he was. Um, that is exactly what he was. He was fantastic. Him and Terry were the perfect combination. They were, they were. Which is Terry, really the grit, and then Carvalho, just a clever one, sweeping in behind. I Brilliant think it, partnership. And I feel like at the moment we're bringing up this record every week, but let's not forget 
he's part of the he's part of the team that conceded 15 goals in a Premier League season. And I think what I'm trying to get at is when you when everyone talk when you talk Premier League top 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 centre halves, people go Vidic, Ferdinand, Terry, Tony Adams, Sol Campbell, and I I personally think Ricky C should be in that uh, should be in that category because he was for five years he was probably what the third best centre half in the league in a time where we had two absolute generational centre halves. Well, you mean me more than that? Two brilliant partnerships. Yeah, basically. Yeah, and let's probably not... that we've ever seen two of the best partnerships, central defensive partnerships we've ever seen in the league. So let's not forget he walked into the he walked into the league a European champion with Porto, and he pretty much left it winning the double with Ancelotti. I know he played in the season after that, but and then he went to Madrid. Like, what more do you want from him? That's like the complete Premier League career, and I just feel like a he's forgotten about, and b when he's remembered, other than people that watched him play. They forget that he's probably as deserving of being in the top top category centre half as anyone who's played in the league. Yeah, I'd say that's fair enough. We were blessed at that time with really some were. ridiculous defenders. Dave, Ricky, see for you? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think. Yeah, it's just one of those where you played in an era where there's going to be other centre backs you think of, um, and I'd say most people when they think of that team when they think of defenders, think of Terry before they think of Ricardo Cavallio. Um, yeah. So I'd, I'd definitely say he should be in that top bracket of Premier League centre-backs because he was just fantastic for his entire time as well in the plan. Two stories about Ricky C. Not even stories, just moments in football matches. Uh, when Lampard scored the goal against Bolton to clinch the title, there was another bloke running up in a two-on-one with him and it was Ricardo Cavallio. <laughs> <laughs> And the second one is he scored an absolute stonker against United. Yeah, I know. Three 0 to basically clinch a title. There's two goals in that game, the Joe Cole one as well, Mike, where Joe Cole makes Ferdinand look like a, a tiny child. <laughs> Joe Cole was Joe Cole was talking about him. My word. Joe Cole's one of those players if you if you ask me the question, who's the player that you you would have wished injuries away from. Yeah. It's Joe Cole. That goal against Sweden. Yeah, I was about to say that. That goal. Wow. Um, I love hearing him on BT Sport as well. He's pretty good value. He's he's not always the most articulate of pundits, but he's really good. He was spot on about United and the lack of passion from the boardroom not long ago. Yeah, Um, do you wanna do you wanna give any shout outs to anyone? Um what about currently? Who's the most underrated player currently in the league, do you reckon? That is a tough one. Cause you maybe why now them? Oh, that's a really yeah, good one. Maybe. Really good one. That's probably where I'd go, but then probably a year small? or two ago you'd have said he was overrated and now well, people t- probably don't realise how good he is. When I think of Liverpool and underrated players, both the two players who immediately spring, not Firmino, who everybody says is underrated and is actually really rated. I think he's a bit overrated now almost. Um, but I think of I think of Wijnaldum, who everybody laughed at them for paying that money for. And now he's absolutely integral to them, A, winning a title, going to win a title, and B, winning a Champions League. Um, but also, Sadio Mane. Best footballer in the world. In the world. 
<laughs> Chris, um, but Mane, everyone, I remember laughing like it was like 40 million for Mane. What a load of gubbins. Just like and... to shout out Henry Hodgson. I remember Fancy Prem, I think it was, in our group chat saying Mane's going to be a good signing and Henry telling me that he was a waste of money. So, <laughs> Henry, if you're listening, look at him now, son. Look how he's flying. <laughs> Um, I think Mane should be player of the year. Um, I also yeah, think Mane is Liverpool's most easily Liverpool's most important attacking player. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think he's more clinical than Salah. I think he's more dynamic than Salah. I think he needs less chances than Salah. I still think at times he's wasteful, but if I could take anyone from the Liverpool team, I'm taking Sadio Mane. I know like a couple of years ago, me and Mike had an exchange, I think it was on Twitter, where we were just gushing over Sadio Mane. I'm just like, I hate that he plays for Liverpool. It is a real shame that he has to play for Liverpool because he is a hell of a player. I'm amazed at you, Mike, when I asked you the most underrated player in the Premier League and you didn't talk about a certain goalkeeper you love. Yeah. I got, <laughs> see, I, I went down the all-time route, whereas you, you went for more of the now, now, which is quite fun too. Um, so I did have a goalkeeper in mind, which is Shea Given. Um, yeah. But yeah. Dubravka, I'm a big, big fan. Oh, big, he's big fan. he's awesome. He's I, I don't know. So if, I don't know how if people realise how good he is because people Newcastle don't are never on the telly. People do because they're crap. Right. But let me. Explain. I, I'm I'm gonna just take a second just to tell you, you go, mate. that Newcastle. The only time they ever put Newcastle on the telly is when Newcastle are playing a big team, and I would. I mean, <clears> even even two weeks in, into no football. I would rather watch no football than watch Newcastle play a big team. They are the most boring games I've ever seen. It's oh, it's just garbage. It's terrible. And they beat us at St James's this well, season they, as well. Yeah, they, they do the point. They did rubbish game. But people are like, oh, people love seeing the upsets. I'm like, yeah, people love seeing the upsets, but they don't love seeing 95 men behind the ball and a load of screaming Geordies going, oh, it's great, isn't it, Steve Bruce? Well, and also the long staffs throwing in horror tackles as they manage to every <laughs> game. Yeah, I've always thought Sean Longstaff's a cracking name for a porn star. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> just think about it, it is though, isn't it? Um, we got to cut that for Twitter. <laughs> um, Dubravka, however, Dubravka's got that thing that I think the best keepers have, where they make us. You, you look at it and you go, how has he saved that? Mm. And that's what I always talk about. I always talk about the the Petacek and, uh, and the Schmeichel effect of how have they saved that? And that's how you differentiate the good keepers from the brilliant keepers. And I think Dubravka's got a bit of that. I think he's chronically underrated and I'll never forgive my dad for saying top medium was better. Oh, God. <laughs> horrible, horrible call. Um, yeah, that that is not a good shout. Dave, you got another? You got one more you want to throw out, Dave? Yeah, I mean, depends. Do you want an? Do you want a current player, or can I throw anyone? It's up to you. Whatever you want to do. Well, I'm gonna to have to mention him. I feel it's got to be Phil Neville. What? Phil Neville. Okay, so Phil Neville for longevity as well. Made 505 prem prem appearances. For 18 seasons straight, made at least 18 appearances a season. Uh, he won six titles, went on to captain Everton. Um, and to be honest, since he left as captain, I don't think Everton have managed to replace him as captain. 
There's not been any real... Joe Yelka was for, like, one season. But then... He's not really replacing his, his captain. Yeah, he's um, And also, you can't really... Like, when you think of Class of 92, like, who thinks of Phil Neville first? He's probably the last one you mentioned, and maybe Nicky Butt. He's definitely yeah. getting mentioned before Nicky Butt. Because you go to Neville <laughs> yeah, Brothers. It's a toss-up like the between Neville them Brothers. two. Because um, of Gary, yeah. Interesting question. Who do you think gets mentioned first of the Class of 92? Beckham. I think it's Beckham, too. I don't think he's Hard the best player. Drinks. It's Beckham, Giggs, really? and Skulls. So what? Oh, no. I, I, and Giggs. Beckham, Skulls, Giggs, and then you'd mention the Neville oh, Brothers yeah. and you'd say Nicky Butt, if you remember him. I don't know. Rez? You put your hand up. <laughs> Sorry. I lost connection there. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> we were fuming that we'd, we'd said that those two were before Giggs. <laughs> no, I'm. that's fine. But I just, I think... Giggs would probably be the first one, but Beckham's obviously the be- the most well known around the world. So if you asked God, people worldwide, it's gonna be him. Um, what a bloke, eh? Yeah, let's move. We'll be here for hours if we start talking about David Beckham. Um, let's move on to the most yeah. overrated Premier League player of all time. Um, taking into account everything, performances, transfer fees. Mike, do you want to start? I know you're gonna pick. <laughs> Do you, yeah, do you even want to ask me? Oh, just just say his name because I, I know who it's going to be. Uh, Pogba, we, mm-hmm. we can move on. I don't know. Graham Sunat has just cheered in his living room. Yeah, there you go, Graham's... Graham. That, that one's for you. Graham Sunat doesn't have a living room. He just hangs around outside Scottish co-ops with the cost of children. <laughs> <laughs> in a t- it's just oh, an aggressive God. way, not in a nonsense manner. Um, <laughs> why... Why is Paul Pogba overrated, Mike? Um, 90 million. Okay. He's just lazy. Well, he, he, I mean, he can't even turn up, he can't even get himself fit at the moment, which is a joke. Um, he just gives the ball away. <clears throat> we know what he can do. So technically he's not overrated because he is good for France, but I'm, um, as far as Premier League, which is what we're talking about, he's just been terrible. Is it a case of he hasn't got the right partner? Probably. So, I mean, now we've got Bruno Fernandes, maybe things will change if he's got his head right. But his agent is just always in his ear trying to get him to move. And I think Hogba gets easily wrapped up in it. I, I want to go to Real Madrid or whatever. If that's where you want to go, mate, just fuck off. <laughs> I've had enough. Just when, get him out. When you signed him, though, did you think you were signing a player who's going to be one of the best in the Premier League? Yeah. I think that's what really... most people believed. I believe that. Look, okay. I mean, look what he's done for France. We know uh, that's what he can do. At the time United signed him, he was probably one of the best centre mids in the whole of Europe. Okay. He had some... Like two top seasons for Juve before. I do think there was a bit of sentiment to the transfer. They wanted to get him back. Absolutely tons Um, of sentiment involved. Which, I mean, Fergie was right, clearly. The guy's head's not screwed on, so... Um, If if he can get his head right, 
him Fernandez plus Fred or McTominay, that's that's not a bad midfield if you get Pogba right, which so far in a United shirt, both years ago and now, hasn't been the best of Paul Pogba. Hence why I think he's overrated in the Premier League. Just, I'm trying to remember, was anyone else, who else was in for Pogba when they bought him for 90 million? No one, and that probably tells you. Oh, you know, no one's going to pay ninety. No one would have paid ninety million for him. Apart I know from che- that. Chelsea were interested because Chelsea have just got an overactive scouting department. <laughs> um, they're just trigger happy. Um, they're just like terrible French centre midfielders of an encounter. Um But I, I don't know. When they bought Pogba, I was one of those people who watched him. Was like, yeah, I think he's okay. I don't think he's going to be the best. One of the best in the Premier League. When I saw him play him a few times, he entered. So I was like, he just looks raw. He looks good in flashes, but really raw. And they're looking to buy for the finished product. But I don't disagree. He's overrated. Um, yeah, if you spend ninety million, you expect the finished article, really. Yeah, yeah. Van Dyke. Yes. They got for less. Yes. I mean, that's what you expect. Or Harry Maguire. Yeah. Well, that, was, <laughs> that was another Man United purchase, wasn't it? It certainly was. Dave, Which wasn't as bad. From well, the rest, but there you go. I haven't put it on the dock, but staying at Man United I'd, <laughs> really annoys me because I actually really used to like this player. But Alexis Sanchez, holy cow, he's gone poorly for United as just a whole transfer. You paid him so much money, like unbelievable amounts of money, I think at the time, if he's still not, he was the highest paid player in the league. Um, it was not. it was four hundred thousand a week, wasn't it, or something ridiculous? You also gave away Mkhitaryan, who still hasn't really set the world alight, but at this point has somehow <laughs> That's generous. Better... Yeah, but he's still <laughs> somehow done better than Sanchez. I was Is totally with you. I was totally. He's playing for Roma, but not often. I, w- I was. I was totally... No, no, no. What I'm saying the point is... Of they gave away Mkhitaryan, as if that was anything. They might as well <laughs> give away a package. Chris, they didn't mean anything. Okay, but having seen what Sanchez played like for United, Mkhitaryan might have offered more. <laughs> but it's so, it's so... It's a frustrating one, because I loved him at Arsenal. He was such a good player. Um, one of, You could make a case of being one of the best in the league. He was uh, one of the best in the league. Yeah, definitely at a time. But then, since he's gone to United, he just looks shell-shocked whenever he was playing, I always felt. He just never seemed to adapt. And I think one of the reasons is because with Arsenal, there was sort of Wenger at the end of his career running out of ideas. And he basically said to Sanchez, go out, go up top, but have a bit of a free role. Like, no. Sanchez ran, ran on the wings... Yeah, but it's more regimented yeah. no, what he was expected yeah. to do at United, and he so, can do it. So what? Well, that's one of the reasons Alexis Sanchez was even at the end at Arsenal was slightly overrated. Because do you remember when they got slapped ten two by Bayern on aggregate? Yeah, do you remember that? Well, do you remember the a lot of the goals were coming down Alexis Sanchez's side? Why? Because he was trying to press, but he wasn't pressing with what the rest of the team were doing, and it left. Tons of gaps that they got involved in, and everyone was and everyone was like, "Oh, why is no one else pressing with him?" I'm like, "Well, Wenger sent them out the clear game plan, and this headless chicken is running around <laughs> trying to find these dogs. Like, he's just, it, it was, it, I was watching it. I'm like, he's 
phenomenally gifted, but let's call it on his work race. He's not this one up. He's not this lone gunman up front for Arsenal. He contributed to their downfall as much as anything over those years. I think he. I thought when he went to Arsenal, I thought somehow he's simul- He's a bit like Salah, where simultaneously he's one of the best players in the league and overrated. Mm. Anyway. I was going to say on that um, about the pressing plan. I was listening to a podcast. I think it was before Christmas, quite a while ago, and they had. Uh, I think it was not the top twenty, and they had one of the EFL players on, and he was saying sometimes you'll get a load of abuse off the fans because they don't understand what the manager's told you to yeah. do. Yeah. I think that was one of those times... It raised a good point where that's, that was one of those times where the fans got the wrong end of the stick and it was Sanchez who was the one who was doing it wrong, not <clears throat> the rest of the team. But it was one of the few times I remember watching it and being like, this... It, I don't... We sort, I, remember watch, I remember very clearly watching the second leg with some friends and we were all sat there going, he's not doing anything and look the fullback has got in and again like what just sit just sit for a bit it kind of reminds me of the thing that Paul Scholes said where he used to if they conceded a goal or two he'd grab someone to bring him next to him and say look you're sitting there for a bit you're staying there and it's sort of like that knowledge that great footballers had and I always thought he was a little bit overrated on the defensive side of the ball even at Arsenal and that before you even get to how bad he was at United, Mike. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that was just a horror, a horror transfer. Given the wages that we gave him and what that's done to the the whole wage structure for everyone else, De Gea wanting a new deal, and well, everyone getting pay rise, ridiculous pay rises because of it. Um, I guess <clears throat> you could kind of see that it it, it may not work out given the the end of his time at Arsenal um, it, it wasn't as good as it had been and, and I think that Pep Pep's interest wasn't was to, just to drive the price up for United mm-hmm. um, I don't think he ever really wanted him that badly he, he may have taken him just as another option but uh, I think near the end when he saw what United were going to pay him he was happy to get out of there I think Overrated. it's Probably I think it, not anymore, but he definitely was. I think it's time to revisit a question I posed a long time ago. And I got sort of... I only convinced half the people in the chat at the time. In fact, it probably wasn't even half. What's the worst transfer? Chelsea's Torres one or United's Sanchez one? Because to I me, remember. it's not even close in that Torres was the better deal. I mean, Torres scored some important goals for you. Mm-hmm. Sanchez yeah. had a great piano transfer announcement video, and that's about where it fell off. Was it great? Was it great? <laughs> I really hate transfer announcement videos, by the way. On the pitch. Someone tweeted at the Stormzy and um, Pogba, Pogba announcement one. video. That was like, horrible. Well, that was, yeah. this, this is the best announcement video of all time. They don't I make already hated like him before he was through the like, door. That's terrible. That is a terrible announcement video. Yeah, that uh, was horrible. Anyway, um, I, I would say yeah, Sanchez was probably the uh, the worst end of that. Those two, uh, I'm a pretty good effort. Overrated. Uh, player. Sorry, your overrated player. Well, uh, I mentioned him already. Uh, again, I wanted to think of someone who was current, and I think it's Mohamed Salah. Yeah. And all right, first of all, this all started when I watched him play against um, Shrewsbury Town away, 
And uh, he was playing for us at the time in the Carabao, and he took a shot that went out for a throw-in. And I'm like, this guy's never going to make it. <laughs> um, and then I remember him being at us, and I was like, oh, he's really selfish and greedy. And then we sold him, and he was doing bits. And then, but every time, like, you just caught, like, glimpses of him, you're like, oh, he scored a great goal. He should have. And you, you would go, you should have passed that. And then Liverpool bought him, and he has been brilliant. And yet, yet, he's got all these incredible stats. Like, every, all the stats say, oh, he's reached this quicker than Suarez. He's reached this quicker than Torres. He's the quickest goal scorer for this, for this and that. But whenever I watch him play, he is always the least impressive of the front three. He always misses at least one or two really good chances. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter in a team like Liverpool where their system creates you so many chances. But I just think to myself, if you took if you took Salah and you put him in Real Madrid, how good is he? How like, how good is he actually? Well, and the I way think... he's like he's obviously one of the best players in the league, but the, he's not the best best player in the league. And I almost think he might be a he's a definitive rung down from a Mane, a De Bruyne, um uh, Jorginho, uh, he's a definitive wrong down for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I just think people, the way some people talk about Salah, not everyone, I think it was more and more people are sort of cottoning on to him not being as great as he is, but people still always talk about these records and I just think he's overrated. His records are incredible. I, I'm, mm. And I watch him and I still have no idea how he's got these, some of these records. <laughs> Isn't it 70 goals, 90... No, sorry, 70 goals, 24 assists in his first 100 games for Liverpool? Something stupid like that, which is unbelievable. And yeah, I, yeah, I, I agree basically with everything Will just said. I, I, every time I watch him, there's a big, big chance missed or there's yeah. a pass that he should have played. Or mm-hmm. if I, I don't know. I guess because of that Liverpool team... They just create so many chances that you can mm. get away with it. Particularly with Firmino, off Firmino, Mane and Salah get so much of the ball mm. in good areas as well. But the, the one I'd compare him to, if you're talking about going to Madrid, would be Hazard. He was clearly the best in the league then. Mm. And it's not necessarily worked out for him yet. Yeah. Put, took Salah over there. I, don't, I, I just couldn't, well, I can't I see think, it really. I think we think... Out. The, the reason I said Madrid is because a, a they're linked with him and b Madrid create a lot of chance. Madrid in the past create a lot of chances. They don't at the moment. They play more defensively at the moment. But I think their fans would get on your back. You miss well, one or two big chances straight away, and they're on your back. And is he going to be able to cope with that? I just it's one. He's one of those players. There's, there's always players you think to yourself, I just want to see him in a different system, and he's one of them for me, Dave. Uh, it's a little bit off topic, but talking of players not not being appreciated, Gareth Bale um, saw a stat. He scored more goals for Real Madrid than Ronaldo nine, and he has more than Figo and Zidane combined. Yeah, they act like he's horrible. And I don't think if you put Salah in that Real Madrid team, I don't think he does as well as what Bale has done. Um, and you could argue that... Bale was probably almost his equivalent in terms of being one of the best players in the league on 
on paper, I guess, because Salah Bale on was, paper... Bale was the best player in the league when he left. Yeah, oh, no, Suarez, Suarez, Suarez was, but, but yeah, Bale, was, Bale was second. No. Oh, my um, days. There was a highlight uh, reel of Suarez one of those seasons. My God. Yeah. yeah. He was unbelievable. Well, still is. Um. Okay. Well, I think that probably... Uh, Wraps up the most overrated Premier League player of all time. But um, just an honourable mention to, um, because you've put him down, Mike, and I thought about him, uh, Meza Ozil. Um, t- one, abs- two absolutely outrageously good seasons, which keeps him, I think, from being the most overrated. But in terms of the hype, in terms of the bad performances, in terms of how people talk about him, I think he, he deserves a mention. It's kind of a similar story to Pogba, this one, I think, because you know what he can do. And for so long, he just hasn't delivered. Mm-hmm. For so long. And so you you rate him because you know what he can do. But he just never does it. Mm-hmm. You just so rarely see it. And I'd, I'd put Pogba and Ozil into that category where, you know, they can, but they just don't. <laughs> Probably frustrating as well as overrated frustrating frustrating is really there when you talk about overrated i think it's it's almost um, always frustrated and um, another yeah. honorable mention to um steven gerrard um let's move on what, <laughs> the next question we've got is what player would you want back in the premier league that's already played in the premier league and the caveat for this one is it has to be a player that's currently playing um we've all, we've all there's one person that we've all got across three um and we've already mentioned on his pod once, it's Eden Hazard. Um, who wants to talk first about Eden Hazard? Because I'll have to peel myself off my chair if I start talking about him. <laughs> uh, oh, I'm happy to go. Oh, God, go Mike. Um, obviously, when he left, he was pretty much, well, he was the best player in the league. I would have loved to see him still in the league with Mane firing as he is and De Bruyne playing like he is. Because mm. that would have been a heck of a race for player of the year for the next season or two or so um, the guy can just produce stuff out of nothing I loved watching him and I'm not a Chelsea fan um, so I, I was pretty gutted when he left apart from the fact that it made Chelsea weaker so yeah, yeah I, I'd have liked to have him back made him much weaker good lord it was bad <laughs> um, that's the one thing about football not being can't been off is I don't have to sit and watch us every week and go. Do you know what Eden Hazard would absolutely sh- shit the league with uh, some of these players? The fact that we only got one season of Eden Hazard and Kovacic is upsetting. Like let's have the unleashed Kovacic now and Hazard. Mm. Give them the ball for the two of them. The other team could have twenty men and they ain't getting it. <laughs> Dave. Yeah, Hazard when he left the league, best player. Um, also, just such an exciting talent to watch. Um, remember that goal he scored against Arsenal to be honest or he just sat them all down he spanned Cockerland yeah just just one of those players where every time he gets the ball you think something's going to happen one of those players that you could say has magic in his boots he's just so so good to watch and you know that he'll deliver time and time again which with any player is what you want to see whether they're playing for your club or to be honest just as long as they're not against your club, you just want to see that player, really. There's certain players that are good for the neutral to watch, and tricky yeah. wingers like Hazard are good for the 
the neutral to watch. I just want. I'm just currently scrolling through his Wikipedia to check I've got something right. Give me a second. Um. Yeah. So he was in the he was in the league for one, two, three, four, five, six, seven years. He was in the PFA Player of the Year um, four times. Um. And he was. He has two second place finishes for PFA Player of the Year, and he's got a first one. And he was just phenomenal. He was one of those players that he stepped in the league and he was quality all the way through, except for one season where he was injured. Um, he's directly responsible for Chelsea winning two Premier League titles. They don't win those titles without him, no matter how good those teams were. He had the X Factor, and to be honest, I just feel like the league is worse for not having, watching Hazard destroy a, a team. He just, that goal last year against West Ham... He was just, it was a dull Monday night game, and then all of a sudden he just picks it up, and it's a scandal. It's just a scandal what he does. It's rude. Um, if I could have anyone, anyone back in the league, number one's Eden Hazard. And he doesn't even have to be at Chelsea. He can be at Norwich. I wouldn't care. <laughs> Him and Wendy um, and Cantwell. Uh, I tell you what, Buendia's a Buendia's player. Buendia's a player. Yeah, really. Todd, really Todd Cantwell good. looks. Todd Cantwell looks like he should be in Point Break too. I'm not really sure about him. Um, let's have a look, Mike. Yeah. Who would you like to nominate? I've got a couple names. Um, first one is Cristiano. Obviously, mm-hmm. being a United fan, mm-hmm. got a bit of a soft spot for him. <clears throat> I would have loved to have seen him stay in the league. And considering what he's gone on to do, obviously everyone knows. I don't think I need to run anyone through any of that. Uh, Ballon d'Ors and leagues and Champions Leagues and all sorts. But um, even if he wasn't at United, that guy, obviously, in my opinion, second best in the world. You want players like that in the Premier League. In my opinion, Um, second best player of all time. Probably of all time, yeah. Um, so you want to keep people like that in the league um, one of my other ones Luis Suarez yes Disneyland yeah I mean the guy's a joke he's so good he seems to just the, the ball just seems to like magnetise to him I remember mm. watching him in, in the Premier League and he'd like you'd, he'd like run into a player with the ball and somehow come out the other side with it and you never you could never work out how he managed to come out on top, but he consistently did it. Yeah. Don't know if that think, makes sense. I think he this scored Lu- some outrageous goals. I think Luis Suarez probably has the best Premier League season of all time. That season. That, that season that's where he was the one I was talking about, the highlight reel. Yeah. If you well, can find it on Twitter, search. it is unbelievable some of the goals he scored in that season. Well, and just the stuff he did in general, but my word. There's one I remember. I think it's in, it's against one of the lower teams. It's from the it Anfield. John Ruddy. I think it still might be Norwich. Cold sweats from those times he played Suarez. Well, Left John Ruddy. Edge of the box, and it like it's a kind oh, of a volley. Yeah, I remember you, that. You know which one yeah, it is. Yeah, I know. Oh my it's, he hits, God. It's all, the ball like flies straight almost. Yeah, yeah. I, I've I've no idea how he keeps that down and finds the net with that. Interestingly enough, I thought it was always thought it was really harsh at the beginning. Give John Ruddy five percent of his transfer fee <laughs> because because good lord, what he used to do to Norwich, um, he was phenomenal. He was just like he was magical, absolutely magical. He's another one that 
he's another one that just had that that spark that you want to when you think about players you'd love to see. He's number one. Well, he's not number one. Ed, Ed and Marco Hazard's number one. <laughs> in my heart. Absolutely um, brilliant to watch. Suarez, yeah. Um, interestingly enough, question: If he'd played, if he'd won that league title with Liverpool, and played one more season of that quality, is he in the top fifteen Premier League players of all time? You could make a case for him. Perhaps. You could make a case because he'd have won a league, and he would have probably he would have had the best league season ever, I bar think none. Yeah, and then probably another really good season. If it, at worst, got, he's got to be like twenty five around there, with, off the top of my head, because that season. Do you not? I'm gonna finish this part and watch it again because. Uh. <laughs> Quick I was purring. That was it was unbelievable what he was doing that season. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be inter- It would. It's one of those great. If they'd won the league title, that would be really. It's a talked about it last week. If they won the league title, it would have been really interesting for. Yeah, I thought he scored more than that. He scored thirty-one in thirty-three games that year. Yeah, because he was banned for Probably biting it. Twelve against Norwich. He scored. Yeah, in his last two seasons at Liverpool, he scored fifty-four. 54 goals in 66 games. <laughs> that is outrageous. Mm-hmm. That is incredible. It's a scandal is what it is. Um, anyway, Dave, uh, your player you'd like back in the league? Yeah, I mean, you've already mentioned two very good ones, but I'd have to say Gareth Bale. Um, player that I think when he moved to Real Madrid, people thought, is he going to be able to adjust to this? And maybe now, you know, it's not really going for him. However, he proved when he was first there what an exceptional player he is. And I still think that if he was in the right setting, he'd still be a top top player consistently. When he used to be in the Premier League with Tottenham, just such an exciting player to watch, um, especially his last couple of seasons in the Prem where he just burned defences every single week. Remember that goal against Norwich? Yeah, where he runs the entire length of the pitch practically. The like, brilliant, brilliant goal by Gareth Bale. Terrible. Just, uh, just another unbelievable talent that had you on the edge of your seat whenever you watched him. Really, just an absolute joy to watch. He was brilliant. He carried Tottenham in a lot of Champions League games as well. Oh, that hat trick versus Inter. Yeah, the Inter one especially is the one I remember. But I mean, maybe it's just because I like watching people score against Inter. Got no time for them. Got no time for time wasters. Um, Absolutely. He, I, I, I would like to see what Bale would be like in a different team because I'm not convinced about how good he'd be now. No, I don't. Just the I, amount of time away he's had, it's, it must be so hard to come back. I don't know for a fact, but it must be so hard to get back to where you were. I think the, I think the fact that his body started to break down probably is part of he. The way you when you used to watch him, it was like watching a sprinter play football for ninety minutes, mm. and that's got to have that the impact on your legs. And you, the rest of your body, it has to be huge. And I think you've seen that with Madrid in terms of how injury prone he's been over the last couple of seasons. I mean, if you, it's the best thing a footballer has is availability that the manager can pick him, and Gareth Bale just doesn't have that anymore. Yeah. Um, However, I think it's a good shout, and I would definitely love to see him back in the Premier League. I would just like to, before we go on, give a quick shout out to Serge Gnabry because yeah, he's a good shout as brilliant, well. isn't he? 
He's absolutely yeah, brilliant. He's, I mean, he's had the English teams on toast in the Champions League this season. Oh, he did the things he was doing to us. Oh, and well, Spurs. My I word. Be, I couldn't believe it was before the watershed. Honestly. <laughs> but he's got a bit of everything. He's a cracking finisher. He's got vision. He's quick. He's. I mean, it probably helps you playing with the best striker in world football in Robert Lewandowski. Um, but he's unbelievable. And the fact that, A, Wenger let him go. And Wenger was a pretty good judge of talent. Mm. And B, that Tony Pulis didn't fancy him for West Ham. Not West Ham, West Brom. Good Lord, mate. Honestly. Well, imagine imagine looking at Serge Gnabry and going, no, I prefer Callum McManaman. I'd just like, uh, <laughs> just like to point out this is a Pulis that some of his Stoke success came through Ricardo Fuller. Yeah, he doesn't. <laughs> yeah, but... Who's talking bad about Gnabry. Ricardo Fuller? Most underrated striker of <laughs> It's a weird where I say Mamadi Sadibi. Um. <laughs> um, but you know, I'd love to see him in the league because I think he's got. It's not he a case. Mane and Salah a good run for their money. Yeah. He's still only young as well. Yeah, he's what like he's 20... got time, To be honest, I mean, yeah. Let's just hope someone. Come to on, be Pep, honest, bring him back. It's down to United. You need, United need to go and offer 160 odd million for him. Um, no, nah, we're getting Sancho, mate. If you, quickly on that, 120 million, 400k a week at what? Ni- is he 21 or 19? 21. 21. If you're getting a contract of 400k at 21, what's the next contract? Yeah. Uh, the game's gone. No, what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, he's good. The finances involved with that deal. Are such a risk even for a club yeah. of Manchester United's magnitude? Manchester United's magnitude that I, al- I almost it's Manchester would... United, Gary. Manchester United. Two yards. Um, I I think <laughs> I I would be annoyed. Well, again, it's not my money, and I, I would like Sancho the football. I would like Sancho at our football club, but at that much money, it's one of those ones where I've got absolutely zero problem going no. Absolutely. And to be honest, if I were United, we've talked about Alexis Sanchez. There's no guarantee with any player, but for that sort of money, it's a very young lad to be putting all that pressure on. Yeah. Especially given how we've seen with like players like Paso and Deli Alley, that just because you're good when you're young doesn't mean you sustain it as your body changes. Anyway. Sancho number, like Sancho number seven. I thought you'd like to see it. Uh, right. One last question. Mm-hmm. Probably have a bit of fun here. Um, yeah, it's a good one. Who's the worst player you've ever seen for your football club? Actually, I've got two questions. Who's the worst player you've ever seen play for your football club? And who's the worst player you've ever seen play in the Premier League? <laughs> now, my, I think I think mine could be both. <laughs> All right, you go first. <laughs> um, uh, Mr. Bebe. <laughs> for those who remember. Um, yeah, I, Just I believe like, he was compared to Ronaldo at one point. It's because he was Portuguese. Yeah, I think that was the only comparison, really. But go on, Dave. Just like to point out on YouTube, someone put <laughs> Bebe Man United crossing compilation. Fantastic. <laughs> Give it's it just a putting it into the stands. Most of them just go forward into the stands. <laughs> Shocking. Yeah, we spent 7.9 million on this bloke and he was terrible. 
I mean, really terrible. As Dave said, there's a crossing compilation that you can find and the crosses do not go where they're intended. <laughs> he couldn't keep hold of the ball. He couldn't run. It's a, I'm amazed he's still playing football. For those who would like to follow his career, um, he's in the Spanish second tier at Rio Vallecano at the moment. Obviously, he's really? playing right. He's still yeah, right. He, he, he was in the yeah. league for a while. Yeah, he was in the league for a little while. Who was the um, who was the United player with the really shiny head? Uh, uh, they brought him around the same time, played on the wing. Overtan. Overtan. Oh, yeah. He was back. Oh, no, we, we no, got rid of him to Newcastle. God, he was poor as well. He was shocking. <clears throat> also, Alex Butner, Mike. You've got to... Oh, God, yeah. He was shocking for United. We've had some shockers. I mean, there's been some real good. Oh, you've had been some, some real bad. <laughs> real bad. Yeah, uh, Bebe only actually made two Premier League appearances for United, if you want to know how bad he was. Both of them were off the bench as well. Okay. Both of them, he just sailed the ball into the stands. Interestingly enough, Fergie bought it, but I'd never seen him, which I just am like, I can't believe that Alex Ferguson, the best manager in Premier League history, He's just like, yeah, cool, we'll have him. Yeah, there was something about someone was interested in him, so United just bought him just to get get him first. <coughs> it was something like that. There was some story that Madrid or something were interested in him, which surely they weren't. If you'd have actually watched the guy, you'd realise, just, just don't go anywhere near him. He was absolutely shocking. Social distance yourself from Bebe, everyone. <laughs> that guy is not a good football player. Um, right, are you ready? I know we said we wouldn't list players in this pod, but I'm about to list some of Chelsea's worst ever Premier League signings that I've seen. <laughs> I want to start off with an honourable mention to Carlin Belarus, who's Chelsea's greatest ever number nine. Um, I then want to talk to you about Franco de Santo very briefly. Oh didn't spend, a lot, God, didn't spend yeah. a lot of money on him, but he was dreadful. Well, um, do you remember Ben Sahar, that Israeli striker? He was, he was up there. While we're talking about it, uh, Taban Haim, um, only made better by the fact that we managed to get into Portsmouth and Portsmouth paying him 40k a week when they were in administration. Crazy. Um, also, Chris Sutton. Uh, I never saw him play, but I just wanted to give him a shout out because he's both a shit player and a shit pundit. Um, <laughs> I want to talk about Gail Kakuta very briefly, who uh, we signed, broke the rule and were banned from a transfer window for it. And he uh, never played it behind an exciting cameo from Bowen, Breslin. Yeah, he was a football manager wonder kid for those who know. So- Oh, wonder kid. Um, and then I've got three strikers for you. And then I've got my actual player. <laughs> Kesman. Oh, yeah. yeah. Didn't score the cup final, though. Did Fal- win the title Fal-Cow. of 4 5 well. Yeah, Falcao. Fal-Cow. How did you take him after how bad he'd been at United? Yeah. Well, That's that what. That was the season where we were doing a lot of favours for agents because we got Pato as well. And I was going to say Pato, but Pato actually scored, got one in two. <laughs> Which isn't a bad record, is it? <laughs> you can't it. argue with that. And the last striker is Adrian Mutu. Who, oh, you know, yeah. Yeah, was, was done for sniffing the old, uh, yeah. the old powder. Um, anyway, the actual correct answer is Timo Bakayoko, who we signed to replace Matic after we'd won the title. And is the responsible... So the single worst performance I've seen in the last 10 years 
maybe ever, um, at Watford away where we lost 4-1. And I made these two, I said to these two, you need to, you need to look it up at least before we do this podcast so you understand it. So he completed eight passes in 30 minutes <laughs> <laughs> and then managed to get himself sent off. Um, he, and He misplaced James... four passes in that time as well. So his, yeah. his success rate was not good. Even the thing is, Jamie Carragher. I remember at the half time, was like, "This is one of the worst performances I've ever seen." And I was just watching him. I'm like, "He's he was responsible for it for a goal." I was as well. He was just doing. You know when you know when you watch something, and you're shocked by how bad it is. I was watching that, and I'm going, "I genuinely think if they put me out there, (laughs) I would at least stand in the right place." 20% 20% of the time. He's not stood you can in the at least kick it up the line. Seconds. I mean, down the line. Will down the line hunt. That's what they call me. Um, he was shocking. And the worst part was, we just won the league. We just won the league. Went to, with Matic and Kante. Which was like a perfect partnership. And Conte's like, oh, I'll have this French lad from, from Monaco who's had one good season ever. And he's got a pink Range Rover. What a knob. God, I hate I, I reckon... Um... Who's the lad that Tottenham signed? And Dombele. I reckon he gives Bakayoko's half an hour a good yeah. run for his money at Burnley. No, 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 no. Let me tell you why. Let me tell that you why. That was terrible. The only thing he didn't do was get sent off. No, because and Dombele's good on the ball. What you've got to understand here, Mark, is that <laughs> Bakayoko was terrible on both sides of the ball. He didn't even know what a ball was. His feet were too small for the game of football. He was he was a total scrub. He was a total scrub. I was amazed. I was amazed when we finally managed to flog him back that we didn't manage to have an open top bus parade. We sent him to AC Milan, and I genuinely think that we should have we should have given financial aid to that club after we sent him there. He, he was he was shocking. He was shocking. He won the league title with Monaco. Um, I don't. I think Jardim should be given the Medal of Honor in France for doing that <laughs> because he 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 had Falcao afterwards as well. He had Benjamin Mendy who couldn't. Benjamin Mendy couldn't defend a nun in a murder inquiry. He, he's Bakayoko he, oh, might be the he's clearly the worst player I've ever seen play for Chelsea club. He's horrific, horrific. You could, um, what happened was Skype overloaded because it was getting too hot because I was too heated about Bakayoko. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna move on. Dave, do you want to give us the worst player to ever play for your football? Club? Well, mine probably aren't gonna be as high profile as yours. However, I can tell you there have been some absolute shockers. We went through this weird period with where we had no money and managers like Lee Clark. Some players we signed, they didn't really play. But I remember a guy called Darius Dudka who was a holding midfielder. He was horrendous. Absolutely horrendous. It was like a bite in the middle of the park. Sorry, Darius Dudka. Yeah. Dudka's one of the names that they have for the Eddie in pro clubs. I know. Oh, well, that, that, that Eddie's always putting a better performance. I can tell you that much. Um, we had some just very weird transfers. Um, one that comes to mind recently is a guy called Nikolai Brock Madsen. We signed him at the time. It was joining Lee Clark, I think. It was 500k when we had like no money, which is a lot of money for us. This guy went on to make uh, it's like six appearances in four years. He was absolutely woeful. We just sent him out on loan to like Scotland and just never scored goals. That's just when you know anyway. your career's he over. Six, 
six appearances. We signed him for Randers in Denmark. He went on loan and scored seven in the Dutch league, went on loan to a team in uh, Ukraine. Only somehow made four appearances at St Mirren, which tells you everything you need to know about this guy. <laughs> <laughs> and now he's back in is that he's back in Denmark and he's scored two in twenty two over there. He was just woeful. Like he was a pretty big guy. He's like six foot two. He was pretty well built, but he literally couldn't hold up the ball, never in danger of a decent shot on target, let alone scoring. And he was a striker. Um Eric Husserklap, a guy we got on loan from Portsmouth. Don't know what his agent was doing, but it was wonders because how he got any of these moves was... He was so poor for us. He did score, I think, once, maybe even twice, but he was absolutely woeful. But the two I'm really going to get on to, um, one is Jasper Cronkyard, just because at the time he cost us a lot of money. was from Chelsea, played 16 games, he was like our marquee signing that season was absolutely appalling to the fact he only played 16 games and we had to get rid of him and he went to Atletico Madrid and actually didn't do too bad which was a big insult worst player I'm going to touch on because these players that I've mentioned didn't really play for us one guy that had plenty of opportunity to play well was Lee Novak and oh oh my god (laughs) you have not seen I remember I think it was 2014-15, 2014-15, we played Blackpool at home and it was somehow nil-nil. Lee Novak missed literally four open goals. People were passing it across to him and he'd either put it wide. One time he fell over the ball and I just don't know how... Oh, it, it was fraudulent. He formed that partnership at Huddersfield in League One with Jordan Rhodes. So people thought he was a good player and oh my God, they were wrong. Mike? If I'm right, we watched him in a pre-season friendly at Solihull Moors. We watched he wasn't, even, he wasn't even good then. I mean, I saw him in the league for Gateshead against Solihull Moors where he scored a hat-trick, so he was well, good that's then. that's his level then. Yeah, I mean, he's been relatively <laughs> okay in League One, but oh my God, I, those are just 90 minutes of my life I'll never get back. It was freezing <laughs> as well, freezing. He's just, just such a poor player. One of those players where you just expect nothing from him, but somehow he still does worse than expectations. <laughs> He's just absolutely useless. I think most Blues fans would agree on that one. God, he he played like 60 games for us as well in the league. He did actually score 10 goals, but we did literally play him up front for the entire time mainly because we had no one else to play. <laughs> Horror player. Yeah, That's... I remember him. He was not good. <laughs> and he, he was around for ages, like you say. I'm still I'm still seething over here about Bakayoka. Sorry, Les. <laughs> I was listening to David. I'm just like thinking about what for the way, like it's Vietnam. I think that's going to have to be it for this week. Um, so um, please actually let us know any of your answers to these questions by... Um, Get in touch on Twitter at In Around Pod, or um, you can even email us at In Around Pod at gmail.com. And um, please let us know any ideas for future topics because um, we're going to be inside for quite a while and we don't know when football's coming back. Um, and if you could leave a review wherever you listen to the podcast, that would be a massive help to us because it's always going to be nice to have more people uh, 
come and listen to uh, me seethe about Bakayoko or Dave about Novak or Mike about Bebe. Um, you can follow me at Wilhunt17. Where can they follow you, Dave? Uh, at Dave Harris underscore 44. And you, Michael? Yeah, at Mikey Breslin on Twitter. <clears throat> um, that'll do it. Until next week, uh, everyone, please uh, keep staying safe. Please keep staying inside. And um, if you are bored and want five seconds, something to do to have a laugh about, I suggest you go onto YouTube and you type in Bakayoko versus Watford 1718. <laughs> oh, my God. Kill me now. <laughs> right, until next time. Bye. Bye.